Hello, and welcome to the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm Andy Viano. This week, I'm joined by Editor-in-Chief Kellen Brown as we recap the 2020 general election here in Flathead County. Like much of the rest of the country, the record turnout, both here locally and around the state, was one of the big stories last Tuesday, but the results made headlines too. Kellen will talk about the wave of Republican candidates who were swept into office up and down the ballot, what it means that Montana may have permanently shed the purple state label, and what the future holds for Montanans and both political parties. Later, I'll run through the biggest news stories from the last seven days, including an update on the latest surge of new coronavirus cases in Flathead County. First, though, a reminder that if you want to support the work we do and the stories we produce for free in print and online, the best way to do that is by joining the Beacon Editors Club. Members of the club pay as little as $5 per month to make our work, and that includes this podcast possible, and members are eligible for some great perks as well. You can learn more or join the club today by visiting beaconeditorsclub.com. All right, remember to stick around to the end of the episode for more news. But for now, let's talk about a day that sometimes felt like it would never come. Election Night 2020. All right, it is my pleasure to welcome back our editor-in-chief, Kellen Brown, this week. Kellen, thanks for stopping up here. Thanks for having me again, Andy. I, uh, yeah, appreciate being here. Great to have you, as always. And we are going to talk a little bit about uh, the 2020 election, which has uh, certainly made headlines, I think, uh, around the country and including here in Montana and in Flathead County. And I guess we want to stay focused there. But to to begin with, you're someone who's been, uh, been covering the news in this area, following politics very closely for, for quite a while here in northwest Montana. What were you expecting? What, what was interesting to you heading into Election Day this year? Uh, the reason it was hard to to pin what would happen or make any really solid estimates was turnout. We had so many more voters. Uh, we had a, over 600,000 Montana residents vote this year, and our record turnout in 2016 was 517. So we had 90,000 new people voting, and that had, there was a lot of factors. And it wasn't, I think it was mostly just like more enthusiasm also easier with the mail-in vote. And then, yeah, there was, there was a few transplants that moved here because of COVID, but it was really hard to make estimates. And so when the numbers started trickling in uh, that night, it was kind of clear that it was going to be a tough night for Democrats. Even when that first county, when Yellowstone, and I, we had a Facebook Live that night, and Yellowstone uh, reports pretty quickly, it, it looked like an uphill battle. Well, and the things you were looking at there... One of the interesting things about Montana always has been that it's considered a purple state. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, representatives and, and governors and up and down the ballot from different sides of the political aisle. But when those first results came in, it was pretty uniform, right? Up and down that ballot out of Yellowstone County. Yeah, it was. And, and the big thing was is what is, is comparing like the ticket splitting from 2016 to 2020. It just... It was not comparable at all. In Yellowstone, home to Billings, for one, their turnout went way up. Uh, 80, over 80,000 ballots in this year's general election, 10,000 more than four years ago. 
But also, if you look in 2016, Trump beat Clinton in Yellowstone County handily, uh, 60 to 32. But at the same time, in that same election, Gene Forte just edged incumbent Governor Steve Bullock by just one point, a 27, I mean, like a 26, 27 point split. And uh, fast forward now, right? And those uh, numbers start coming in. This time, residents favored Trump by still healthy 23 points. But Gianforti trounced Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney by 19 points. And Cooney was on that ticket as Lieutenant Governor four years ago. And once you saw that in the most populous county, you knew something was different this year. And uh, you knew that Montanans weren't feeling like splitting tickets. And they didn't. Almost across the uh, across state. You know when maybe they split tickets? Legalizing weed. You know, that, I didn't think, I had no idea if that would pass or not. And it passed comfortably. I think libertarians, a good slice of conservatives, liberals came together and decided it was time to, you know, decriminalize marijuana. And I didn't see that coming either. So maybe that is one place where we did um, split the ticket. But as far as parties go, no one was splitting tickets. And that was bipartisan. I think the easy answer to the the why for that is the nationwide uh, way that, that our politics have become so polarized. Mm-hmm. Is that all it was here in Montana or is there something more to the particular candidates who were on the ballot or, or something about 2020 here in this state? Uh, I would say it's just kind of the state of politics more than the actual politicians. The reason I say that, like, and what I mean by it's bipartisan, look at, you know, in Missoula County. In 2016, that county favored Bullock by 34 points, but Hillary Clinton won't beat Trump in 2016 in Missoula County by just 15 points. This year, Cooney won by 25 points and Biden won by 25 points. It's just, it's across the board. And so what that means, for better or worse, is we're going to start looking a little more like neighboring Wyoming and North Dakota, um, where they have big majorities of Republicans in the legislature, almost all their statewide offices, if not all of them, are held by Republicans. And that doesn't mean you can't go in a special session. And that I, I when I was uh, when I was much younger, I covered uh, Governor John Hoven, a Republican who's now a senator in North Dakota, and he had a Republican supermajority legislature. He called the session. He called a special session because he didn't think there was enough education funding. This is way back in like 2004, but it does, that doesn't mean like it's just this monolithic, you know, rubber stamp. You can still have differences among the party, but as far as kind of the priorities go, Montana did have this reputation and maybe it shouldn't have, <laughs> or, uh, um, you know, for these last 16 years that we, we were more, a little more purple than we actually were. Our legislature has been Republican dominated almost the whole time I've lived here and I've lived here a long time. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll look, we will look a little more like North Dakota and Wyoming. What about here in Flathead County, uh, you know, local races can sometimes be a little different than, uh, than just straight party affiliations, but did we, did we see any evidence of ticket splitting even down as, as low as County commissioners or, mm-hmm. or state representatives here? No, um, no, far, far less. And, 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 and this has been the case before, but the only Democrat that won uh, locally was Dave Fern. And that's been the case. That was the case maybe like, I don't know, four or six years ago. And then we would get occasionally Columbia Falls would have a Democrat um, that would be competitive. But this year it's just it's Whitefish is on an island uh, among a sea of red. And um, 
but Dave's cl- Dave's race wasn't even that close either. Uh, Dave won handily, and so and yeah, it's pretty interesting. But that's how people perceive this valley too. It's very conservative, and then you have then you have the city of Whitefish. That's that's nothing new. Um, so I didn't see anything anything that would reflect anything different locally than what happened statewide. I want to ask you before I let you go about each of the political parties here and, and how this could impact them. And we uh, ran off the cover this week, Kristen Scott's story uh, about the red sweep. So let's start with the Republicans, the the battle within that party that I know Tristan has written about before between the Solutions Caucus, which uh, are the more moderate wing of that party, and the, uh, the more conservative end of which uh, now Governor-elect Greg Gianforte would probably be a part of that. What does the the Republican Party having, as you mentioned, controls of of really all the levers of of statewide government mean, and and how do you anticipate that party now will govern? Well, they'll govern like they have a mandate, which you can argue they really do. You know, um, they they dominate the legislative uh, races. They uh, have every statewide seat in uh, Montana except for one federal. Obviously, John Tester, who isn't up for reelection for uh, four more years. So he'll be around, but as far as statewide races that are, you know, statewide races that are in Helena, they, they want them all. And so, um, you know, you're going to see a lot more. I would, I would guess you're going to see a lot more kind of anti-abortion measures get, um, get introduced and make some uh, headway. You know, funneling some public education money to spending uh, on private schools, public lands open, more open to natural resource development. And and other and other ideas that have been part of their platform for a while, and now they will not have a veto pen, which they've had for 16 years between Bullock and uh, Schweitzer, uh, to stop those from, from becoming law. And then what about the other side? The, we talked on our Facebook Live on election night about uh, the amount of enthusiasm, and it was it was statewide and nationwide within the the Democratic Party. There were a number of candidates who ran uh, even here in bright red Flathead County. Mm-hmm. What does this kind of resounding defeat, especially in, in, uh, in light of, of that enthusiasm before Election Day, mean for that party going forward? Well, they're going to have to regroup. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to say they need to refine their message because I don't, I don't know if people were voting about messages this year. Um, uh, I just... I think a lot of it had to do with party and a lot of it came from the top down. I'm going to vote this way in the presidency and then I'm going to vote for Republican the rest of the way or vice versa. And so, but they'll have to regroup and, you know, plow forward and, you know, it it sucks to lose. But, uh, you know, before they, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes the Democrats wouldn't even be fielding candidates in some of those races and they are fielding uh, some now. But, you know, what this election said is the flathead is still the most conservative area in, uh, in Montana. And no one was surprised by that. You know, Missoula was the most liberal. Yellowstone is not a swing county anymore, at least not in this election. And neither was Cascade to a degree. Gallatin, which is growing the fastest, moved a little bit left. But it's going to be a while before those statewide races. Unless turnout, it doesn't reflect what it was this year. And I know Gallatin's growing by far the fastest and uh, a lot of transplants there that are, are, are voting more Democratic than uh, um, Republican, but it has a ways to go to make some of these races competitive unless something just changes, which it can. It's four, we're four years away from the next one, so I'm not making any predictions that far out. But um, right now, the legislature 
is going to be different than any that we've covered since the Beacons existed. This is the first time that it's been one unified party. Uh, and the Beacons 13 years old, and it's been 16 years since uh, Republicans uh, held power across the board. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep keeping a close eye on it, but they definitely have a mandate. Kellen, thank you so much for the time. Always great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You can relive election night at flatheadbeacon.com or perhaps a better idea, check out Tristan Scott's cover story, The Red Sweep, about what Greg Gianforte's ascension to the state's highest office could mean and what Republican control of the state government might look like under his administration. You can also read that story in this week's print edition of The Beacon, which is available for free right now throughout Northwest Montana. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 9 p.m. on Tuesday, November 10th. It's the same story on COVID-19 in Flathead County with another week of unprecedented case volume here and a record pace of new infections that continues to climb higher. In the first 10 days of November, there have already been 1,042 new confirmed cases of the novel coronavirus, bringing the month's per day average over 100. That's 30 more per day than in October and three and a half times the per day average from September. Flathead County has more than doubled its total case count, which now sits at more than 4,800 since October 12th. And the county is reporting more than 1,100 active cases right now, a figure that represents about 1% of the entire population. Unsurprisingly, the rise in cases is further stressing the beleaguered Flathead City County Health Department, which announced last week that it would be doing only limited contact tracing on new cases, targeting just those contacts who are considered high risk. In an interview with The Beacon, Deputy Health Officer Carrie Knuckles criticized the continued lack of action by county officials, including the Board of Health, which has voted down restrictions on gathering sizes and indoor capacity in recent weeks, even as hospitalizations and cases spike. In a separate interview, the board's chair, Bill Berg, told The Beacon the eight-member board is being stymied by four members who have been reticent to act, including anti-mask advocate Dr. Annie Bukacek. Berg specifically called for Bukacek's removal from the board, saying her perspective was, quote, so far out of the mainstream, end quote, that it should be disqualifying. And as cases in the county continue to rise, the coronavirus is also making its way into more local institutions. The Columbia Falls School District announced on Monday night that it was closing the doors to its junior high school because of a teacher shortage, as 10 staff members are currently at home, either with coronavirus symptoms, a positive test, or having been identified as a close contact. The junior high will stay closed through at least Friday, with all students transitioning to remote learning for the time being. And Superintendent Dave Wick said more than 100 students at the high school are also currently out for a variety of COVID-related reasons, stressing the ability of that school to remain open for in-person learning as well. Elsewhere, a major outbreak at Brendan House, Kalispell Regional Healthcare's skilled nursing facility, has rocked that building. 40 of the 72 residents at Brendan House have tested positive for the virus, with four of those residents hospitalized as of Monday. 
A KRH spokesperson said regular surveillance testing revealed the first positive cases last week, with additional testing scheduled for this week. The cases are the first at Brendan House since the outbreak began. And finally, the city of Kalispell last week approved a new permanent homeless shelter in town that can accommodate up to 40 guests per night and will operate from October through April. The facility at 889 North Meridian Road will be operated by the Flathead Warming Shelter after they set up a temporary location last winter to serve the area's unsheltered population. At the city council meeting, Warming Shelter Executive Director Tanya Horning said, quote, when we bring people inside to warmth, safety, and structure, the entire community is safer. That's our show for this week. Don't forget to visit flatheadbeacon.com to read these stories and many more, and to stay on top of the latest breaking news. And if you're enjoying the podcast, thanks. Tell a friend, leave us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. Until next week, thanks for listening.